giving thanks. So that's what this is uh, doing here. This is, or ought to be, one of the most practical subjects, and it's one of the most easy things in the Christian lives, life to both do and forget doing. Um, we can forget to be thankful. We can forget to have gratitude to God for the many things that he has in the past bestowed upon us, for those things that God has done for us that have ongoing effects, positive effects, good effects in our lives, which we now take for granted, and for those things that we have right now, counting our blessings, and those things that we will have in the future. We are surrounded by the grace of God, as we're reminded in Romans chapter 5, and that grace of God has brought to us a salvation that we, there's no way that we can value it. There's no way that uh, we can uh, compare it against, you know, a value of, of gold or property or anything really. There's nothing in this world that compares to it, which can be a problem because we only have the things in this world to compare things, the things in the next world too. The fact of the matter is what lies ahead of us because of what God has done in Jesus cannot be compared with anything that is in this world. I mean, you can have all of the money of Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos together and it means nothing, and it's just nothing compared with the salvation that God has and will deliver to you in Jesus Christ. What Paul says or calls an unspeakable gift. Because really there is nothing, there's no words that can describe it. So giving thanks to God is important and Paul is very much one to remind us about giving thanks. So verse 18 tells us, in everything give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That term everything there can be rendered in different ways. It's a, it's a very good translated translation but it can also be uh, be translated as in all circumstances, in every part of life, in the, uh, if we want to paraphrase it and extrapolate it a bit, we might say, uh, under any circumstances you find yourself, there ought to be a remembrance of God's goodness. There ought to be things that we can prize out of our memories and out of our circumstances right now that can issue forth genuine thanks to God. And even, as we've said, you know, when we sang the song Count Your Blessings, when we do that, that changes the way that we look at things. Even when we're going through hard times. So that's kind of 
by way of introduction here, this is about giving thanks to God. And it's not just about giving thanks, and it's not just about thanksgiving itself. And the first point tells us why that's important. The first point is that the world is characterized by a lack of gratitude. And if I had room, I would add to God. To God. The world and uh, people in the world, they can be very nice, they can be kind, they can show true gratitude for things that are done for them or to them. You know, we don't want to mischaracterize people in the world as if they are in every way evil or any worse than us. They're not. Many of them are very fine people. But they do not have gratitude to God. The reason that they don't have gratitude to God is brought out in Romans chapter 1. If you would turn there with me. We're going to flick to a number of passages this morning, but Romans chapter 1, verse 21, reminds us of something we can forget. That those who do not know God, that is the God of the Bible, the true God, they do not glorify him as God nor are they thankful. Now the two things go together. Because they don't glorify him as God, that is, as he reveals himself, as he truly is, they're not thankful to him. They treat, very often they treat God as uh, just uh, kind of a fuzzy uh, incoherent inco- thing that they kind of aim thanks to or that they speak about occasionally. Not a true person, the creator, their Lord, their judge, their saviour, their father. He's not any of those things to them. And because he's not any of those things to them, they do not remember to thank him. And the kind of thanks that we're talking about here is that thanks that issues in a deep-seated gratitude for who he is and what he has done. It starts in the heart. It starts in the memory. It starts in in our thoughts and how our thought life is governed by our relationship with our Heavenly Father. These are things that people in the world don't have. When I use the term people in the world, I'm using it in a biblical sense of those who are without Christ. Those whose hearts and minds are still in a thrall of Satan and in the world system. And they do not glorify God as God. Which means if they live what we might say are good lives, that doesn't mean anything to God. Because they do not glorify God in their lives. And of course, 
they're not thankful. We might turn that around too. The fact that they're not thankful means that they do not glorify God. And you're going to see this in in, uh, one of the passages that we'll turn to. So there is uh, Paul's word about the world. In Matthew chapter 22, Jesus tells a story about a king and a wedding feast and about those who were invited and how they responded. And the response pictures what Paul has just said in Romans 1. Matthew 22, verse 1. Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son. This is a big deal. And sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding. And they were not willing to come. Again he sent out other servants saying, Tell those who are invited... See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, my fatted cattle are killed, and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it, and went their ways, one to his own farm, another to his business, and the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. And the parable goes on, of course, to the king's response. But do you see the attitude? There's no gratitude because there's no relationship. There's no honour and glory for the king because there's no gratitude. They are more concerned with their things. It's not that they wouldn't acknowledge the king to be the king. They know where he is and he's in the castle somewhere and he, you know, he's the basic ruler of the of uh, the kingdom, but as, that's as far as it goes. It's just kind of a factoid that they acknowledge. But as far as their response, their relationship, their honouring of the king, they're not interested. They're far more important things to do. That's the world. That's the world in it, and its relationship to God. The world is characterized by that kind of a lack of gratitude to God. Now, Christians, of course, are different than that. Christians are to be characterized by gratitude to God. They are to be a contrast to the world. Now, the world, there's many things in the world that that we care about, like the people in the world care about. And those are legitimate things. You know, we look after things and we uh, um, make sure that we are looking after those that we're responsible for and we make sure that we are uh, taking care of what we need to take care of. You don't have to be a safe person to do that. But, what about the things that really are at the centre of our lives. Many people, the unsaved, they are focused on themselves or they're focused on the things that they've made idols of in their, in their lives and that is the sum total 
of what their life is about, or at least the way that they interpret life. That is not the way the Christian is to live life. Yes, they are also taking care of things like the people in the world do. But that is not the core of who they are. The core of who they are is that they are a saved sinner who now has a relationship with God as a son or a daughter of God. Living as lights in the world in the midst of the darkness. And so the second point here is simple, that Christians are to have a spirit of gratitude to God, not just a spirit of gratitude. You can be thankful, and I've met people who were not Christians who were thankful. They're thankful for this, thankful for that, thankful for a number of things, and they speak about it. But that thanks is not aimed anywhere. And it's certainly not aimed at the right person. They're not thankful to their creator, to their provider. It's kind of a scattergun approach. I'm thankful. But there's no aim there. There's no person that they're thankful to. Are you like that, or are you thankful to the person of God? Do your thanks have an object to which they go? Because if they don't, I can assure you that they are not accepted by God. Because God is not glorified by a scattergun approach to gratitude. This general view of, uh, yeah, thanks for this and I'm blessed here and blessed there but there's no acknowledgement of who is doing the blessing if we in normal life if we speak about gratitude then we want to know gratitude for what and to whom We want it not to be general, but for what are we grateful and to whom are we grateful? We're coming towards Christmas and uh, Christmas is certainly not all about gifts, but somebody gives you a gift at Christmas, you are grateful to them for their gift. And for what that gift is. God wants to be thanked, not for general things, you know, that we really can't sketch in our minds, but for specific things. Because it needs to be personal. This is what Paul means in 1 Thessalonians and chapter 5. In everything, give Thanks, And the kind of thanks that he's talking about here are thanks for specific things. In every kind of a situation, find something that makes you thankful. Reminded of this uh, a couple of weeks ago from uh, the Sibyls. We were talking to each other and... uh, Diane was bringing this thing out. Always thankful to God in whatever circumstances. 
And uh, that's the way we should be. Now, it's certainly easy, isn't it? And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it being easy in the good times when all of the blessings are coming and we feel rightly connected with everybody and with God and the birds are singing and the sun's in the sky and everything's just right to be thankful because our spirits are lifted and there's nothing wrong with acknowledging that and living in that and enjoying that and expressing our gratitude to God in that. And when we have those seasons when God is showering those blessings upon us, we know that sometimes these things are not going to last. But be grateful that while you have it, you are acknowledging that God is the giver. So at least you can say when it's gone, that you were grateful that you had it while you had it. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day about uh, somebody they say, well, I wish this person, I wish I, I, I still had this person in my life. You know, they, they meant a lot to that individual. And I said, but we need to be thankful that God brought them into our lives for that season. So rather than regressing that they're not here, we're thankful that they were there when they were there. This spirit of gratitude, do you see? In Colossians chapter 2, if you'll just flip over to the left a little bit. In Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, the apostle says this. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. The spirit of gratitude is not something that's to be a fleeting thing in our lives, a come and go kind of thing. It is to be something that always caps off our remembrances of God and our experiences of life day in, day out. It is to be with us constantly. Now, I do, mean, I do know that we have to be admonished and I have to be admonished to have this spirit of gratitude. It doesn't always characterize me and I'm sure it doesn't always characterize you but this is a reminder that adding thanksgiving to the way that we're living our Christian lives changes the character of our Christian lives always it highlights it it polishes it up it gives it a different luster it makes it better. It makes it more meaningful. It gives us the perspective that we're supposed to have in everything. Give thanks. What about in those dark times? What about in those difficult times? Well, look, I don't want to. I don't want to, to make it out that 
those difficult and troubling and painful times are not very painful and very difficult. We don't want to varnish over everything and say, yeah, give thanks because it's an easy thing to do even when you're going through very hard times. It's not. It's not easy to remember. You know, when you're, you've lost your job, you say, well, okay, thank you God for giving me the job that I just had, but what am I going to do now? It's right to thank God for the job that you had, and even that will give you a slightly different perspective because it might rebound in hope for the future. If God gave you something in the past, he will provide in the future. But it doesn't answer the where am I, what about right now question. We've got to find something to give thanks about right now when we're unemployed, when we are very sick, when we have lost somebody. When we're down, when we're going through difficulties that that, that we can't always explain to everybody else. Sometimes we don't even know why we're down. But during those times, when we're going through the valley of the shadow of death, when we're going through those difficult times, when Satan is attacking us, nipping at our heels, it's very easy to think, well, all I can do at this present time is just try and make it through. And the response is, you'll make it through a lot better if you are grateful in that circumstance. So find something to be grateful about because there are many things. Now Paul has just pointed to the fact that we are saved and we have blessings in Jesus Christ. Let us always remember that. I love Pilgrim's Progress. You guys know I love Pilgrim's Progress. And... During the the, uh, certain times, certain difficulties, he he always remembers where he was saved out of, the city of destruction. He remembers the past vain life. He remembers the unruly character that he used to be. And he's thankful there, so start there. And you may find, as I find, that when you start there, there are things now in the present that I find that I can locate and I can identify. You know, I do know that when people buttonhole you and say, okay, give me something that you're thankful for. It's hard straight away to, to come up with something sometimes, especially something that reflects a a deep-seated spirit of gratitude, you know, not just kind of a a throwaway line. But what Paul wants, what Paul is saying, what God wants to see in you is something that does come from the depths of your heart. Now, it's always there. It's always running. You may not be able to Uh, you know, at the drop of a hat, say, yeah, thankful for that straight away. But it won't take you long to come up with an expression of thanks 
to God which comes from the depths of your being. Do you understand what I'm saying here? If it's there and it's running in your heart and it's running in your memory and it's a constant habit that you have, then when it surfaces in thanksgiving and in worship, it will be real. Carl Henry, who was a a great theologian uh, of the past, says this, The primary motive for Christian obedience is gratitude for the grace of God in Jesus Christ. All other motives are secondary to this. Of all the newly acquired feelings of the new convert to Christ, none is so natural as that of gratitude. Whoever does not venture the Christian life primarily out of grateful recollection misunderstands the price of his redemption. In relation to the other motives, it is the one in all its implications which is most distinctive in revealed ethics. It's a book about ethics here that I'm quoting from. In other words, when it comes to the way that we are in our lives and the way that we're going to live our lives, when it comes to lives of genuine righteousness and rectitude, the thing that we need to make primary in that practical sense of living it out and allowing uh, God to work in our lives is thankfulness. Just in that practical way. Now the first thing as Christians that we must always strive for is the fear of God. And I've said that when we, pre- when we uh, talked about the fear of God. I said that's got to be the first thing because by the fear of God comes wisdom and knowledge and understanding. But when it comes to day by day living out our lives, knowing what to do, knowing how to move forward, where is gratitude? Search around for it. Apply it. Be grateful. So thirdly, our third point here, and I, I apologize to Daryl for making this so long, and I said, are you okay with, with this? But I couldn't think of another way to express it. I like the the way to express it here. God's grace in our lives should carry weight in our hearts. God's grace in our lives should carry weight in our hearts. Because God is gracious all the time. God... God is always good to us. And we can forget about this. This is where we need to recall the word of God. You know, we can, we can sometimes say, well, thank you God for my house, and thank you God for my wife, and thank you God for my kids, and thank you God for my job, and, you know, we can, we can name things off, but then there are times when uh, we need to remember things that we can't actually point to 
And that is God's ongoing grace in our lives. How about this? Your thoughts toward me are more than I can number. Is that true? Well, we forget about it, don't we? God's not thinking about me, or we neglect to think that God thinks about us in those terms. But when we recall that, it issues forth in gratitude. When we take the historical fact of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ on the cross for our sins, and we apply that to to me, to you, to you ourselves, um, then what happened in the past becomes something that is personal to us in the present. And we are truly grateful that Christ went to the cross for our sins, including mine. Colossians chapter 1, I've stuck to Colossians here, because it's, uh, you can just flick a few pages to the left and you're there. Chapter 1, verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. That's kind of one of those indescribable things. He has qualified us. He has made us worthy. He is the one that has, as it were, given us the pass through the door. We've not done it. And the qualification is to be partakers of the inheritance. The inheritance that is in the light, not in the darkness. The inheritance that is part of the good, that's unsullied by evil. The inheritance that is everlasting and incorruptible, as opposed to temporal and corruptible. We thank God that we are on our way. And we may have bumps and bruises in this life, and there may be difficulties, and things that we uh, we regret and things that cause us pain right now but we're moving forward inexorably to that time when all of that will fall away from us and the, the kingdom of God opens up before us in new and exciting ways Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17 Whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. All that you do. Applying it to, again, difficult lives, when your life has come to a stop, when the progress doesn't seem to be progressing, when things are just difficult, you can still do things in the name of the Lord. The temptation is, and Satan will add to this temptation, that, well, God's forgotten about you. God's punishing you. 
you know, God's landed you in this and you've got to do something to please him in order to get out of this. I have that temptation sometimes. Not that God lands me in the, the soup very often and I'm thankful for that. But I know he's going to land me in the soup sometime and he's going to land you in the soup sometime and you are going to struggle for things to, you know, for positives in your life. But you need to tell yourself that in that struggle, in that difficulty, you can acknowledge God. You can thank God through Jesus. Because that difficulty that you're going through is part of everything. Hopefully it's a small part. Maybe it's a bigger part. But you can thank God and in your thanksgiving to God it will change the character of what you are going through. It will give it purpose. It will widen your horizons. You might feel all closed up by your circumstances if you thank God for what he's done for you, what he's doing for you now, what he's going to do for you. You will see things differently. God's grace should carry weight in our hearts. If it doesn't, we will forget to give him thanks. So, Paul tells us here, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In Romans He notices that the world don't give glory to God and they're not thankful. The Christian should give glory to God and be thankful. That might be the distinguishing characteristic externally between a Christian and a non-Christian. So the world is characterised by a lack of gratitude. The Christian is, gar- is characterised or ought to be by a spirit of gratitude to God. And we should always make sure that God's grace, meaning God's continued goodness, God's thoughts towards us, God's commitment towards us, God never giving up on us, as well as the things that he's given to us, that should always carry some weight in our hearts. We are living in a world where the the word entitled has taken on a new kind of nuance, hasn't it? When we think of the word entitled now, we think about a whole generation of people young people, but not just young people, who have persuaded themselves or allowed themselves to be persuaded that they really are entitled to things. And if they don't get those things to which they think they ought to have, they become disaffected, discontented, angry, more self-centered, more focused, more vocal. 
If you are thanks, if, sorry, if you are gracious, uh, I'm struggling with my words today, I'm sorry. If you are grateful to God, that entitlement disappears. There's no place for it. Not when you truly have thanks to God. You don't feel entitled. There's a contrast with the world today. So part of, and a big part of the sanctified life, of living the way that Christ wants us to live, that glorifies God in this life, is to be thankful. Let's pray. We do indeed acknowledge that you, Lord, are the creator of life. But not just a one-dimensional life. You've created us as individuals. And our individuality is valuable to you. Not the sins that go with that individuality. Those are things that we need to deal with through the Holy Spirit and the Holy Scriptures. But our individuality comes from you. Thank you, Lord, for the people that we are. And help us to recognize what and who you want us to be in this life. You value us all the same. We are all precious children to you. You will ensure that Lord, not only we come to see what it means to be adopted into your family, but what that inheritance really is. We thank you that you don't leave us and you won't forsake us. We're thankful, Lord, Lord that we are, as it were, marked out for glory even when we go and live in this world of sin we thank you for this church for each other we thank you for our families and our loved ones most of all Lord we're thankful for your love that is poured out to us through the Holy Spirit because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ the wonder of the triune God and our acceptance in him is truly something to give thanks for. Help us, Lord, to carry around with us this spirit of gratitude, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.